0: My name is uh, Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the My Tech Podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach, and I will be your host today. Today's episode is about zero trust, common misconceptions around the concept, and we walk you through how to implement a zero trust approach in your organization. To talk about this is Alexandria Keknone, the Director of Authentication and Network Security Firm WatchGuard Technologies. Alexandre says any company can benefit from a zero-trust approach, which is essentially a security concept based on the belief that organizations shouldn't automatically trust anything inside or outside of its network. Before we get to that interview, here's a quick reminder that the My Tech Decisions podcast is available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe to hear weekly interviews with IT experts that can help you make the right decision for your organization. And now here's Alexandre, interviewed by my colleague, Adam Forziati.
1: Hi, Adam. Nice to meet you. Uh, thanks for, for having me here for this interview. So as she as said, my name is Alex Cagnoni, uh, Director of Authentication for, for WatchGuard. My responsibility is AuthPoint and the dark web scanner that we recently launched as well. Um, a little bit about my background before we begin. Uh, I've been working with Factor authentication for almost 24 years now. I mean, I started when the the only option for MFA would be like those key fobs, uh, very hard ones, heavy ones. So uh, I've been in, in this era for uh, quite a long time. I worked also in uh, e banking projects, so MFA for for the banking customers as well. So I lived a lot through this uh, through this market, and. Uh, Zero Trust Network is something that I've been uh, looking at in the last, let's say, last couple of years. It's something that was defined by by a a security analyst from Forrester Research, as you might know, uh, I think it was around uh, 2010 or 2011. Uh, And and one of the reasons uh, that this uh, concept was created was because the network was expanding. So, uh, our network is not anymore the network as, as we used to know, that you go, you commute, you work, you have your computer, you're connected to a secure network, and that's it. We started to to move applications to the cloud. And now with the uh, uh, the COVID, all the pandemic, people are working from home, applications are migrating to the cloud. So it looks like zero trust became like a big buzzword. Everybody's talking about that. so. It became a little bit of my passion, like to try to understand what are the companies doing, what are the, the uh, what, how companies are implementing that, um, uh, what is the vision of each company. And this is how I, I decided to write a small piece on some of the misconceptions, based on what I saw or uh, uh, in the market or people, in terms of implementations that people were doing in the market.
2: So, so- Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, that's, that's a quick introduction.
2: I appreciate it. Yeah, no, so, I, so about those misconceptions, I guess I wanted to hop into those uh, before I ask you a few other sort of related questions. Um, the first one uh, that you had sent is, uh, I'm inside the network, so my trust is 100% and there's no need to have security measures. Can you tell me more about uh, where you've seen that kind of mindset go wrong?
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, there, there are different cases uh, about that. So basically, and, and this is one of the reasons that they created this concept about zero trust network, because uh, most of the companies were considering that, okay, I'm inside the network. This is, uh, I have the firewalls, I have all the protections. So I have everything, so I'm protected. But what happened is that we've seen a lot of times, once Uh, someone gets access to a single computer then they can go sideways within the company they can get they can try and get privileged access and navigate through the network because what the the hackers are really targeting is not really uh, the computer of of maybe uh, someone in finance or someone that handles the companies, uh, stock, or uh, what they're really looking for is valuable information. So first they're gonna try to get into a computer which is inside the network uh, at this moment. And then once they're inside, they're gonna try to get admin passwords, admin credentials, and try to hop into different computers. And we saw this happening a a lot of times, like uh, I think about eight years ago, I'm not gonna mention the name, but you can Google it. uh, One of our competitors, someone was able to get into one of the employees' computers inside the network and steal the seeds of of their tokens. So they stole the seeds of millions of tokens they distributed in the market. So this is just an example of uh, the fact that you you get inside a computer, you get inside the network, maybe the seeds were not, and I, I would presume the seeds were not uh just on on that particular computer but once inside the network if you have everything like if you consider everything as trusted then you can hop into different computers and 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 get uh more confidential information so trust like we used to say trust can be a vulnerability so someone already inside could easily conduct an attack
2: So let's move into the second one. Uh, you had said that you know the idea of, I need to move all my services to the cloud, eliminate the local network, and the need for remote access or a VPN. Uh, where has that uh, has steered uh, organizations wrong before?
1: So uh, there's this, uh, and this is usually a misconcept. I mean, uh, it's it's true that people are moving to the cloud, and the, the whole idea of moving to the cloud makes sense, especially now with the pandemic. You don't want to have a a full team of IT inside your network managing your servers. So uh, people are starting more and more to move the services to the cloud, but still uh, most of the times, I would say that more than 90% of the times, you still have some information that your servers or file servers that you share information between your employees that you can only access if you make a VPN to the network. So you would not, I think it's going to be really rare unless you have a very small company and now everyone is working from home and this is something that's starting to happen. I mean, even once the pandemic ends, I hope soon, but uh, even when it ends, I think a lot of people will still continue working from home, at least maybe part-time, maybe full-time. So uh, the, there would still be networks with with servers and with information. So VPN, if you need to access the information, especially now, if you need to access the information, you need a VPN and you need to authenticate users. You need to make sure that the right users are accessing the network and accessing the information. And once, and, and uh, as I mentioned before, once you access the network, if you consider your network one hundred percent. Uh, trusted, then you're going to have a problem. So this is why it's really important to protect your VPN. Uh, it's really hard to get rid of all those uh, those systems, those, those legacy applications uh, at a time. So protect uh, the remote access to the company. This won't go away very soon.
2: So let's talk about the next one that you had. Uh, implementing a strong authentication method for my users is enough to mitigate the risk. Is that ever true, I mean, <laughs> what, how, how, how true is that statement?
1: So it's it's not true at all. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a misconcept because when you talk about zero trust network, and I'm an MFA guy, and of course, uh, I love talking about MFA. I, uh, I know about the importance, but it's not everything about multifactor authentication. When you r- uh, read about zero trust network, they talk a, a, a lot about authenticating the users. You have to identify users and you have to identify devices as well. So uh, I, this is one very important piece and it's actually one, one of the pillars of deployment uh, of, of a Zero Trust Network deployment, but it's not everything. You have to guarantee that the computer is not compromised. I'm right now working from home. Uh, I'm authenticate using our MFA solution but they need to make sure that uh, my computer is also not compromised. I'm not in the uh, company's network. I'm in in my home. I probably don't have the same security measures that they have in the network. So uh, MFA is one of the first steps It's a very important step, but it's not the only one you have to uh, identify users, but also devices and by devices, I mean the computer, I mean also the mobile phone. So you need to make sure that uh, the the right user with the right device is accessing a protected application.
2: So that makes three misconceptions that we've talked about so far. Could you tell me about the other two that you had identified?
1: Yeah, so uh, a couple of of those those misconceptions is that uh, with the pandemic, most of the users are working from home. And a lot, of, a lot of times what companies say is that, well, you're not in a, a Starbucks cafe where there could be issues. You're not in the public place with a shared Wi-Fi. You're working from home. So it must be pretty secure. So this is also another misconcept. When we talk about risk and zero trust, again, it's a, it's a little bit different the way uh, the companies need to think about security. They need to think about zero trust, which means that, okay, let's not trust anything and let's start building trust. Okay, so uh, how can you make sure that my network is secure? I have here my network shared with my my daughters. Uh, I don't know what they're doing over the Internet. I have my Wi-Fi. I hope I configured it right. I use a a watchguard Wi-Fi AP, but uh, you have to configure it right as well, give it a good password. So how do you uh, know that the, the security that uh, employees have at home, it's, uh, it's enough to access cloud applications, for example? So I, I've seen some companies talk about, okay, maybe, maybe if you're uh, in a public place, then you're gonna use, uh, we're going to require you, you to use MFA to access Salesforce, for example. Now, if you're working from home, okay, it's a secure place, it's your home, so you don't need to use MFA. I think this is a misconcept. Uh, You cannot guarantee that the network is secure. You cannot guarantee that the uh, user is connecting from a secure environment, especially because it changes all the time. Um, You're connected to a a service provider, an internet provider, it's always changing. So uh, you cannot, really uh, build trust over that. You have to consider that the the, the user's home is a public place and, and deal uh, in that way. And build trust over time based on the user authentication and the computer uh, security as well. And uh, and the other one I think the, uh, that I had in here that I've seen some people ask me about that is, OK, so I'm moving my services to the cloud. Um, all, all my users are not going to authenticate to the cloud. So some of those cloud applications, they offer you to authenticate using your Twitter account or your uh, Gmail account, your Facebook account. So it allows you to use your social media account to log in into those applications, and I've seen people saying, "Hey, that's that's free, and and this is good for the user because now they can use their uh, password that they use every every day for Facebook, for Twitter, they can use to access the applications as well." I'm I'm also solving the password problem because it it's it's the user with their Gmail password, with their Facebook password, accessing corporate applications. So, this is a, I think, is another big misconception. What you're really doing in here, okay, you, maybe you're giving more uh, usability uh, for the user because now uh, you don't have to have different passwords, but you're delegating the credential management to the end user. And this is a, I think, this is a big mistake. Uh, users will share the passwords. Users will try to use the same password across all the applications. They will use, they're they're gonna share the Netflix uh, password with their friends and family, and then use the same one for Facebook, which by the way, is gonna be used now to access the corporate sales force. So I think this is another uh, misconception. I think when you're building up a zero trust network, when you talk about users, you have to consider there's a big risk coming from the user, of course, and you have to make it manageable. If you delegate the credentials, uh, the credential management to the user, you're delegating your security, I think that would be also a bad step.
2: So then I just had a few other uh, questions that are sort of related to these. Um, have How have you seen things like micro perimeters or the things that are protecting the the, the surface uh, for these, these organizations? How have you seen those change in, in recent times given the pandemic and given the work from home uh, trend or environment?
1: Yeah, so, so uh, what I've seen is that uh, in the beginning, in the beginning of the pandemic, the the biggest concern is now that I have to send everyone home. So I need to provide them access to uh, applications that are, are in the network. So I have to enable VPN for all of those uh, users or at least part of the uh, company employee. So this is a, one of the micro perimeters that you have to define, okay, VPN. Uh, does everyone really need VPN access to the network, uh, or maybe maybe most of the users. For example, myself, I never I never access the network. It's really rare the moments that I need to access the network. Most of the things that I access are in the cloud. So uh, this would be uh, a micro perimeter to be analyzed. Uh, I, I've also seen a lot, once once you, they figure out how to solve the remote access and the VPN issue, then they migrated. Now let's see how we can handle the cloud applications because now it's different. Uh, maybe you still consider your network super secure, but now the user is not in the network anymore. The device is not in the network anymore. Now they're working from home. So you have a different micro perimeter. When I uh, accessing my, my email through the cloud, for example. I've seen a lot of companies focusing now on protecting your uh, G Suite or your office or Microsoft 365 uh, access. And, and, and this is a very interesting because uh, months ago, I wouldn't uh, uh, see people talking about that. But after some time, they realized that, well, your email, uh, it's, it's what people use, for example, to reset passwords so if someone gets access to your email they're going to use that to reset passwords from uh, all your applications and then they have access to everything so uh, and you're going to have you're you're going to be excluded from all the applications all the corporate applications so i've seen like uh, people really starting to Uh, started to notice that you have different applications and different teams of users that need to access those applications and they started to have a concern about how each one will access those applications now that they are not in the network anymore and this is good because a lot of them didn't even know about zero trust network what does it mean but at the end it's, it's also about that, uh, creating those microperimeters, creating the policies, how you identify the user, how you identify the device, if the data is, uh, needs to be protected, how you're gonna do the secure access, how you're gonna conduct the secure access to the data. So I've seen now people more concerned about that, especially because before pandemic, uh, people would just say, okay, you're working, uh, except if you're a, a sales guy or a technical guy, you're working from your network. And from your network, uh, it's it's kind of secure, so I don't have to worry too much about the cloud applications being accessed from my, my network. Now they have to figure out how they create all those, uh, they do the micro-segmentation of all those applications.
2: So uh, what are some other zero-trust you know, benefits that have, become more obvious or more important during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, that's a a very good one. Because uh, uh, I I was reading the other day, there there was a document from Gartner. I think they launched uh, this document in August. And they said it's about remote access. And they say that uh, in 2021, companies that don't implement uh, multi-factor authentication for remote access and VPN We'll have five times more chance to suffer account takeover. So, and this is just, and this is because of the pandemic. That's that's how they came they came up with that. Because now people are using more and more the the network, the 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 VPNs, and all it takes, really, it really all it takes. I, I if I want to attack a company and they they have users uh, connecting through a VPN. I don't have to attack all the users. I just need one. If I get can get one to, uh, uh, to a social engineering attack, if I can get one using a Trojan, a Mimikatz or something like that, I can get in, inside the network. So this is all it takes. So I think one of the, the most important things is that people are realizing the importance of MFA. Uh, they're implementing MFA solutions And they're understanding now how important it is to identify users, to make sure the right users are accessing corporate applications.
2: And likewise, would you say that there's any context for which an organization should maybe avoid a zero trust approach? Um, Is there any sort of situation that you've seen where, you know, a zero trust approach would not be for them?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I was reading the, this question like five minutes ago and I, uh, uh, I mean, before we start the, the interview and I, I started to think if there's, there's any, any reason why I shouldn't implement. And uh, if we think about uh, small, medium companies, for example, small uh, SMBs or mid-market companies, uh, I've, I've heard a lot of, of companies saying, well, this looks like something um, complex maybe it's not for me uh maybe it's going to take i don't i don't maybe i don't have uh the security guys that will help me implement a zero trust network so and it's not true i mean anyone can implement or can start using the zero trust network approach i mean zero trust network is not right, like a ISO uh, certification, for example. You don't have to go through a certification. It's more like a methodology, a process, something that is, is not like, well, now implemented, I'm good. Like you mentioned in your first question, you have the, pro, the, the protect surface, which is basically what you want to maybe protect in the first phase of impl- the zero cross implementation, but you have the attack surface. A tech surface, it's all of your applications. It's all these sets of, of applications. So there's a lot of things that you can do as well. Maybe they're not the, the first ones because they're not that important. If someone gets access to uh, maybe some, some information in the company, nothing's gonna happen with them. But uh, it's, it's something that uh, you don't need impl- to just go there. Okay, I'm gonna implement that in one week and that's it. It's it's a process you're going to be reviewing. You have to start with the most critical applications. And I think this, uh, this is for everyone. I wouldn't see specific companies that wouldn't want to implement something like that, unless you're not connected to the internet. Uh, I had a call this week, early this week, with a military entity outside US. And they said, well, we don't have connections to the internet. The computers are not connected. So... It's it's a little a more contained network, but it's not uh, the case of all, all the companies that we talk to. So, uh, if you're if you're connected to the network, you're moving your applications to the cloud. You're seeing value about moving that. You don't want to manage your email server in your company. You don't want to manage a web server in your company. Maybe it goes the lead goes down. What you do? You have to drive to the company. So, I think every company. Should be implementing zero trust, but they don't shouldn't see that as a as a, a complex thing to do. You can start. Uh, I mean, we help a lot. Our partners help them a lot uh, on doing those implementations. We provide white papers, documents f- to help them do that. And I think uh, zero trust networks uh, uh, apply for everything. So uh, I think everyone should start looking at that. Um, start uh, uh, at least looking at the, the most critical applications and start uh, uh, deploying and start protecting because I think that we're not going back to, the, to those times when everyone would go to uh, commute to the office. I think now we're learning that we can work from home. Now we learn that we can work from everywhere. So uh, we have to live with that and zero trust network uh, we play a big role in here to prevent a company to suffer an attack and suffer a breach.
2: Well, I appreciate your time today, Alex. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Nice to talk to you, Adam. Thanks,
2: Likewise. Have a
0: great day, everyone. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the MyTech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at mytechdecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at zwcomo. Until next time.